Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of Casey Crime Photographer called Cupid is a Killer. It first aired on May 19, 1945. This is Bill Cullen greeting you for Tony Home Permanent and inviting you to listen to another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, a cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Cupid is a Killer. Early evening in the Blue Note Cafe, Casey and Ann Williams are perched on two tall stools when... Hey, Cooper. Your phone's ringing. Answer it. It might be important. I'm coming. Just bring up some lemons. Well, hurry up. Come I'm on. coming. I'm coming. Hello? Luna, Cafe Ethelbert speaking. Yeah, he's here. Uh, For you, Casey. He's sitting there. Oh, Hello, Bert. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Williams is here with me right now. Okay, Bert. Right? We'll be right over. Yes, come on. Now what, Casey? An assignment for you? A murder, maybe? Oh, right you are, Ethelbert. Come on, Annie. Yeah, but who? Uh, where? We'll give you the details when we get back. Yeah. So long, pal. Have you been wondering how you can afford a new permanent just when you want some new clothes for summer? Well, Tony Home Permanent is your answer. A Tony costs only one dollar, and yet there's no lovelier, longer-lasting wave at any price. For Tony gives you this twin guarantee. Your Tony wave is guaranteed to last just as long as the most expensive wave you've ever had. And your Tony is guaranteed to look more natural or your money back. So get a Tony home permanent for only one dollar, with plastic curlers two dollars. And save money for new summer clothes by giving yourself the loveliest wave you've ever had with Tony Home Furniture. The wave that gives that natural look. T-O-N-I, Tony. Shot by someone who was outside looking, a bullet came through that window. That's right, Casey. The killer was across the street in a parked automobile. He used a high-powered rifle. Rifle? Uh-huh. He found the slug that went through this guy's skull, 30-30. Uh, I remember two other killings that fit this pattern, Logan. Guy shot in the head from a car with a 30-30 rifle? Yep, I'm thinking of the same two previous killings, Casey. You think of Bat McCoy did the shooting? Oh. Bat McCoy? This is his very successful method of knocking off guys who get in his way, Miss Williams. Folks, I'll have him picked up for questioning, but he'll have a 22 carat alibi ready as usual, and we won't even be able to hold it. You identify the dead guy, Logan? Yeah, uh, the young fellow, Benny Slush. He plays piano over at Bat McCoy's triple Sipper Cafe. Why would a big guy like Bat McCoy want to bump off a piano for you? I'll tell you. You do know a gal named Valerie Hooper. She used to be a cashier at this restaurant. Yeah, we know her. Yeah, we often meet you. Pretty kid, isn't she? Yeah. Redhead. 
night. What well, happened to her? We haven't seen her. Two before. months ago, she got married to Benny Trump. But this time... Oh, Justin Paul? According to what I've heard from my private sources, McCoy fell for Valerie Hart. She's not the two-time in court, so McCoy didn't get anywhere. Now, it's my idea, Casey, that he killed Mr. Denny first in order to have a clear field with Mrs. Denny first. Mm, that McCoy would do a thing like that. And I'll give you a tender one, Casey, that McCoy will throw a top-grade funeral for his ex-piano player and will officiate a chief mourner, all to make a hit with Mrs. Denny. Oh, not that he's top head to a single thing. Not a pretty picture, Logan. But, um, thanks again the funerals make good newspaper coffee, Casey. All right. Annie, you and I are going to attend that funeral. Quite a crowd outside the undertaking. Yeah, funerals of murder victims always pull an overflow audience. So. We'll see the murderer inside, Casey. He'll be comforted in the widow. Yeah. Coy had a perfect alibi. Logan figured Pop couldn't do a thing with him. Do you suppose that Valerie's with a thrust nose at McCoy? No, I doubt it. But the cops haven't kissed her. Hand by letting her know what they suspect. Mm. Hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. Logan's flat at something. He's undercover guy. Is that you? Yeah, a big fellow in a gray suit. He's one. I've never seen him before. Well, he's new on the homicide squad. He's a nice guy, too. Oh, so young and uh, very good-looking. Hey, Throckmorton. Throckmorton? Yeah. Clarence Throckmorton. Oh, the other cop named Clarence Throckmorton. Oh, I thought he was a cop. He's a pirate. They call him Candace. That's where he comes from. Well, I'll introduce you. Hey, Candace. Huh? Oh, hello, Daisy. Glad to see you. And let me present Detective Rockwell. Kansas? Miss Williams, who reports this press. Please to know you, Miss Williams. And to know you. Logan, he tells you here to watch that McCoy, I thought. Yeah, the captain figures he just might hear see something that can help us to get that something. I doubt if you will. Yes, so do I. You know, the widow that murdered fellow is one of the prettiest little women I ever seen. She looks nice. Casey and I think she's very nice, Mr. Rockmore. Hey, it like you know her. Oh, you know before she got married, you did? Yeah. She inside now? No, they show up here in a minute or two. The old session's due to start pretty soon. Yeah, I want to take some pictures before it starts. Annie, let's get inside. Okay. See you later, Ken. Yeah, sure. I'll be around. Okay, see with rats. Most of the morning, the gorillas are working with coins. Hey, you with that camera. You talking to me? Yeah. Get out. We ain't having no pictures taken. Time for the morning express. I don't care where you're from. What's going on here? Hello, Bat. Oh, Casey. Bat, with your colored muscle man of yours that I'd like a couple of shots of coffin and flowers. Yeah, tell Casey. Everybody clear away from the coffin. This fellow's going to take a picture that'll be in the papers. Thanks, Bat. What do you say to this send-off I'm giving poor little Benny Troy? That drunk coffin alone set me back five grand. Get a load of that full-size piano you all made out of expensive flowers, man. My going away present, poor little baby. You just told me poor little baby to go away back. You done me. Hey, get that flower piano in your picture. Then he's with it, like it. I'll get it. That's it. That's any widow coming in? Yeah, I better go to the poor kid. You need me, Alina. Come on, Annie. Let me get the widow, too. How are you feeling today, Valerie? No, I can't Hello, Valerie. You remember us? Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Hey, what's it? We want to extend our spirit. If we can do anything for you, you just want to. Thank you, Valerie. If Mrs. Thrush needs anything, she'll call on me. 
When did you people get to know you? Quite a while ago, Dad. Valerie, the paper's running a spread in her husband's funeral. Why don't I see the picture of you? All right, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Is this as sandy as you are? That's my holding. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the undertaker just told me to speak this year. You want to say a few words before the church starts again? Uh, of course, I'm going to say some words about my pals. I ain't going to let this little lady's husband be stuck into the ground without I tell the world how much I thought it. Come with me. Oh, that happened. That McCoy's about to deliver a eulogy to Scott Moore. Yeah, he came inside here to listen. Didn't you see that courteous little woman? Who? The widow of Mrs. Danny's son. Oh. Right down, everybody. That McCoy's going to say a few words. This we got to hear. Yeah, tell that guy at the organ we had enough out of him. <clears throat> oh! With tears in my eyes, I stand before you to speak the last goodbye. To my path. Yes, the prettiest little woman I ever seen. Danny Thrush was like a brother. To his widow and to all of you, I ain't ashamed to say, I love this guy. Lazier now, the stiff and cold. She's a nice woman, too. Friends, my pal Benny was a sweet character. Folks who don't know me say I'm hard-boiled and tough. But you see your guys in Pat McCoy talked over that coffin for almost an hour about how much he thought of the late Benny Strike, huh, Casey? That's right, Evelyn. <laughs> and was it hard to take? Mm, I can sure imagine, Miss Williams. It's a dirty shame the cops can't do anything. Three killings. I guess to make a case, the cops would have to find the gun practically right in his murdering hands, wouldn't it? Yeah. And there ain't much chance of him doing that. But one chance in a million, I guess. Yeah, tell the waiter to bring me some coffee, will you? Okay, Miss Williams. Uh, yeah, please. You have that coffee on me? Sanders, hi. Hello, Miss Williams. Uh, Casey, the poster office told me I'd probably find you here at this blue note cafe. You were looking for me, Sanders? Yes. Say, Ethelbert, take hands with Detective Throckmorton. Detective Throckmorton? <laughs> this is the first time I ever met a cop by the name of Throckmorton. It's kind of funny. <laughs> this is the first time I ever met a bartender by the name of Ethelbert. <laughs> hey, what's funny about that? <laughs> yes, say, Casey, that was a mighty fine picture you took at the funeral yesterday. I saw it this morning. Yeah, that shot of the coffin on McCoy's floral piano. It turned out pretty good, huh? Cop. Oh, that picture. Yeah, what picture are you talking about? Oh, well, I, uh... Miss Williams, I know this ain't very polite, but do you mind if I take Casey out the side door there for a minute? She said, rather private, please, sister. No, go ahead. I don't mind at all. Oh, no, thank you. If you don't mind, no, I'm right where you can. Huh. I want to hear it down here now. What's it all about? Well, I, uh... Casey, I'm going to ask you a big case. Huh? That that fine picture of Denny Price's widow is in the paper. Oh, that was the picture that you... Yeah, that was... Well, now, will you make me a print of it, Casey? Like this, it goes into frame. Sure, I will. Yeah, but why do you cops want it? Well, us uh, cops don't want it. Only me. Are you? Yeah, this is a personal case. Oh. Take a little... Oh. You like the widow's look, huh? 
I ain't gonna lie to you. She's the prettiest little woman I ever did. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you got acquainted with her yet? No, no. But I, I was just thinking that if it ain't asking you too much, will you introduce me someday all formal and proper like look at it? Has anybody told you that that McCoy suspected of bumping off Valerie's husband so he could make a wedding march play for the widow? Well, all of us cops suspect that. You want to try to cut in on that clip? Casey, when I get a feared skunk, I'll resign from the police department. Well, that's the way you feel. I'll get you acquainted with Mrs. Thrush tomorrow. Uh, Casey, I won't ever be able to pay you for this big favor. You've already paid me, Kansas. Yeah, you give me an idea. Well, look, our coffee's getting cold, Kansas. We better get back inside. Yeah. Well, say, that's Bill Cullen talking to Miss Williams. Hey, come on over. I'll have you do All right. Well, back again? Ah, hello, Bill. Bill, I want you to meet the new detective on the police force, Clarence Brockmore. Uh, Clarence Brockmore? Don't say it. Just call me Kansas, Bill. Fair enough, Kansas. You can call Bill Curley. Oh, now, Ann, what have I done to deserve that nickname? You see, Kansas, we always tease Bill about having an eye for a feeling head of women. Oh, me too, Mr. Cullen. Nothing I admire like real naturally curly hair. That may be real natural, curly blonde hair. You better watch out, Mr. Bird. You can be fooled, you know. Today, you just can't tell which is the girl with the natural curl and which is the girl with the Tony. Many a girl with a Tony has been asked if she had naturally curly hair. That's because gentle Tony waves actually look and feel like naturally curly hair. Those lovely deep waves comb into place so easily the soft ringlet ends curl around your fingers. There's no harshness, no frizzy shades to live through when you have a Tony. Because even on the very first day, a Tony wave looks soft and lustrous and natural. You can give yourself a Tony tomorrow. And tomorrow night, have hair so lovely, people will think you were born with a natural wave. Just remember, only Tony gives you this twin guarantee. Your Tony wave is guaranteed to last just as long as the most expensive wave you've ever had. And your Tony is guaranteed to look more natural or your money back. So it's no wonder more than two million women each month choose Tony Home Thermos. More than two million? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of women. Yes, each month another two million women have lovely, long-lasting Tony Wade. How about you? <laughs> I don't like your idea at all. But it's beginning to work, Logan. Sooner than I expected, too. It's just a couple of months since I introduced Candace to Valerie Fletch, but the guy is so honestly crazy about it that I think she's already gotten that way about him. And what's more important, that McCoy has found out about it. Boy, is he burnt. I know McCoy's store. And then I have Tillingham report that he followed Candace home last night and took a very thoughtful gander at the windows of the house. Well, that's well. Getting ready to pull something. Yeah. He follows his standard drug murder pattern, getting ready to pull that 30-30 out of his hiding place. This is exactly what we want. We want to find that rifle in McCoy's hands, Casey, and we want to find him attempting another murder with us, but we don't want him to commit that murder. Look, I've got that all figured out, Logan. i got the answer. Yeah, now look. We're almost certain now that McCoy is planning to rub out Kent. It's a thousand to one that he'll make the try in his usual way. His usual successful yes, way. But this time, we take the time and the place. Well, if we can do it, we can. The time will be tomorrow night in a place Mrs. Thrush's apartment. Mrs. Thrush's apartment? is on the first floor with nice big windows facing the street, Logan. Now, McCoy, watching from a parked car across the street, is going to see something in that apartment. 
or make him use that third thirty. You're going to arrange for the killer to be there and keep it. Uh-huh. And you'll be hiding close enough to nab him with a good. I'm giving you the complete details. I'll be very glad to, pal, and even a dumb cop like yourself will see what a sense this is going to be. Uh, tell the dumb cop more. Okay, Alice. Kansas knows he's in danger from that, but he doesn't know that we've deliberately planned to set him up as a decoy. Excuse me, you deliberately All planned. right, okay, I deliberately planned. We'll come clean with Kansas tomorrow morning and give him the whole thing. You mean you'll come clean with All him. right, I'll come clean. Now, look, Valerie so far doesn't know a thing. She doesn't even suspect that McCoy gave her husband the work. But we need plenty of cooperation from her now, look. So we can't, I mean, I, I am going to her apartment this evening, give her the complete picture. And tell her what she has to do to help us. Before you continue, you're sure she will help us? Well, of course she will. Sure. You'll even thank me for the chance to do it. Well, Valerie, that's the whole story, full and complete. It's been a pretty horrible story, Mr. Payton. I simply can't believe that you and the police have accepted all along that... But that McCoy killed my husband because, because of me. Yes. Now, I told you how that you can help us make him pay for what he did. You've told me a lot of things, but, but some of them you tried to cover up. Huh? Kansas. Mr. Byron Strockman. You brought him here. He was nice to me. He made me like him, trust him. Not because he liked me, but... But because you and he wanted the glory of solving a crime. What? Hey, Valerie, I that... don't want to hear another word from you. All right, Mr. Casey. I'll help the law catch the killer of my husband. When that McCoy phones me this evening, as he always does, I'll make a date with him for tomorrow night. Then, later, I'll break it and let him know that Mr. Strockmorton will be here in his place. I'll do everything you've asked me to. But I never want to see you again, Mr. Casey. Me? Well, Valerie, Mr. Get out of this house. But, Valerie... Get out! And tell Mr. Clarence Lawson that I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. So, Mrs. Benny Trust didn't thank you for the test application. Uh, she practically threw me out of her apartment. Already. Yeah, but she did promise to do what I asked her. Her help won't do any good unless she gets full cooperation from Kansas. And he isn't going to feel too friendly when he hears how you wrecked his romance. Well, let me worry about that. Okay. Maybe you better worry a little about selling him on the job he's got to do tomorrow night. There won't be any trouble at all. We'll see in just an hour from now when he reports here at my office. No, Captain Logan, I won't have no part of this scheme of Casey. Valerie might get hurt, but she'll be 100% safe. That's what you say. Your Kansas, the scheme is foolproof. It don't sound that way to me. Logan, will you convince this company? Me, Casey? Now, look here, it's time to stop kidding and needling each other. We're out to get a three-time killer, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I think this scheme is sound. You think this, Doc Morton? Yes, Captain. And this is an order. You'll do exactly as Casey has requested. I won't do it, sir. You won't? No, sir. You know what that means? Yes, sir. Here's my gun. Here's my key. Well, now, look here, man. When you joined the force, you assumed a duty. You can't just... I never assumed no duty of putting a woman in bad danger, and I am, Christian. No longer a cop. You're going to Valerie's apartment to persuade her, right? Yeah, now. right now. Oh, I've seen enough of women to know that you might persuade her, and I'm not giving you that chance. Hey, Steve. You're like a contra-hitting Logan. 
You know where to save a plan, though. Stop. These KO you handed him won't last more than a minute or two. Long enough to put him in charge of your police search. Police? Yes, yeah, sure. Under medical observation for the next several hours. Casey, what do you... have the... Doc, pack into a bed, will you, in your emergency hospital here at headquarters. And keep him there until after we do our stuff tonight. I can't pull a pony like that. If you don't, we lose our chance to get McCoy, Logan. Everything's set. Can't let Kansas for this. Kansas is the guy McCoy wants to kill. Kansas and I are the same size. We've got the same color hair. If I put on his clothes and McCoy sees only my back... Sure, sure. From across the street, he'll be certain that I'm Kansas. Okay, CC, I get the job and give his orders. That is, Kansas going to be sore at you. Yeah, he'll be sore at me. Valerie is sore at me. Uh-oh. It's all the more trouble. Uh, Beginning of our scene is if McCoy's going to see Kansas and Valerie pull a hot Hollywood kiss. You don't think she'll do it with you? Oh, well, what I'm worried about is that Ann Williams will be with you tonight, Logan. So what? Well, she's done an out-of-town assignment right now. I can't get hold of her to explain my substituting for Kansas. And if the thing's not explained before she finds out that I'm the guy that she'll be seen making woo-woo with Valerie, well, she's going to get the wrong idea. Hey, well, it's a certainty. Think no more about it. You see, when she meets me tonight, I'll explain everything. Well, I depend on that. Of course. I'll always trust you in personal matters. Well, now, if that isn't a fine thing to say to a pal. Are you sure that McCoy is in that sedan, Captain Logan? Positive, McCoy's in the back seat. Watching those windows across the street as we are. He and Bat are watching those windows. I'm keeping my eyes mostly on that sedan. Watching for the end of a rifle barrel to make its appearance. You have to move awfully fast if and when it does. If you try to chance to fire, it can be dead. I have to say the move fast for him. Well, of course, McCoy can't do anything until Kansas shows himself behind one of those windows again. What's that of you, why, it's uh, just uh, 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 one minute from tonight. He's going to tell in one minute. This is Casey's scheme. He must know the time you intend to set. Oh, you know. But then why are we here? I told you, he said he'd join us in time to get the truth. Well, where do you suppose he is? Oh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's pretty different, huh? Yeah. Watch that window on the right, Mr. Kansas and Valerie have been out of sight all this time. You think they've been uh, mixing romance with business, Captain? You know how it is when a guy and a gal get together. And Valerie's a beautiful gal. Any man will fall for a gal like Valerie. Oh, redhead, good thing. So I've heard. Captain, I see Valerie behind that window now. And Kansas with his back to her. Watch that car, then. Oh, what they're doing behind that window. Is that five-star embrace part of the script? Yeah. That guy is really putting personality into it. Well, I'll say. And apparently, he's done a lot of rehearsing. Well, what can I believe? They're breaking it up now. It's already it, man. The boy wouldn't hurt the girl, but now he can land his face on the guy. Look. It is it. He fired that right. Get him, man. Why did you wait so long? Why'd you get in the chance to shoot? He killed Kansas. Stop the rat, Captain. I'm not done killing this mission. The driver of this car, too. You dirty cops, you framed me. You framed yourself, McCoy, and right into the hot seat. Why did you let him shoot, Captain? Why'd you let him kill Kansas? He didn't kill anyone tonight, Miss Williams. But I saw him. All you saw and all McCoy saw was the reflection of a man and woman in a sexually-faced mirror. Mirror? <laughs> 
And Valerie and her uh, boyfriend seemed to be directly behind that window. They were really in another part of the room where a bullet from out here couldn't possibly hit them. Oh. Hey, Logan, you're standing in front of a coy. Move away. I want to expect you. Oh, Casey. Oh, well, Annie. Uh, there's one shot. I'll pick another one. Casey, that gray suit you have on. Oh, yeah, Kansas' clothes fit me okay, don't they, Annie? Kansas' clothes? Now, hold up for another picture, will you, boys? That's better. You were the man we've been watching in that apartment. Oh, yes, sure. Oh, the sparkling beauty of your hair with Tony Cream Shampoo. Get the handy tube or a jar. Tony Cream Shampoo. It's for you. Miss Williams ain't even speaking to you, huh, Casey? No. I guess she's awfully polite, doesn't she? That was certainly a dirty trick that Logan played. Well, I can't blame him, really. I sucked the needle into him so many times. That's so. Well, you don't have to agree with him. See, and you're also in wrong with Mrs. Valerie Strikeson, Detective Throckmorton. Yeah, plenty. They told me that Throckmorton is the best two-fisted fighter in the department. Huh? They say he spends a couple of hours every day in the gymnasium. And you do most of your training leaning on this bar, Casey. Uh, Still and all, it ought to be a fight worth watching. Well, you shut up. Why, Casey? Uh-oh. Well, here's Detective Throckmorton now. Uh, yeah, Miss Williams and Mrs. Valerie Strush are with him. Wait a Uh-oh. And all looking very mean. Yeah. Hello, Casey. Uh, hello, Kansas. Hello, Casey. Hi. Glad to see you, Annie. Hello, Mr. Casey. Hi. Mrs. Brush, we've been looking for you. Yes. And now we found you. Now, look here. You stopped me after trying to turn Valerie against Alice. You listen to us. You really kicked Kansas and had him locked up so you could take his place. Annie, are you well crossed all of us, Casey? I'm not going to take any more of this. You're taking plenty more, so I give it to you here when you step outside. Come on outside, Kansas. I tried to give the three of you honest explanations, and you haven't even listened to me. Come on outside. Oh, Casey, let me give it to you here. Huh? <laughs> let him, Casey. Yes. Valerie and I want to talk. <laughs> so do I, Casey. Now, what, what, what is here, pal? I'm giving you a first look at the engagement ring I just bought Valerie. And I'm giving you this kiss for bringing Candace and me together. Yes. Hi. Now give me a chance, Valerie. Okay. <laughs> 
KC crime photographer has a long and varied past. He started out in a different medium and a different persona. The character of Casey was first written by George Harmon Cox in the pulp fiction magazine Black Mask in the 1930s. Cox followed this up with a few novels. In these stories, Flashgun Casey was a hard-boiled, brass-knuckles kind of investigator. Then he came to the radio as Flashgun Casey in 1943. Shortly after his radio debut, he lost the Flashgun and was just Casey. On radio, the character was much more of a smart aleck, cynical, wisecracking detective rather than the dark figure that the pulp portrayed, more similar to Johnny Dollar than Sam Spade. The radio show lasted on and off the air from 1943 to 1955, changing its name from Flashgun Casey to Casey Press Photographer to Casey Crime Photographer, then just Crime Photographer. The radio show made the transition to television in 1951, starring Darren McGavin. The character of Casey was a photographer and reporter for the Morning Express. Casey's hangout of choice was the Blue Note Cafe, where he could often be found with his girlfriend Annie Williams. Also at the Blue Note was the bartender Ethelbert. Playing music at the cafe was Teddy Wilson, the jazz pianist with, Benny, with the Benny Goodman trio. 
Rounding out the cast was the police inspector, Logan, and, you can probably guess, he provides the incompetent comedic relief. The role of Casey was played by Stotts Cotsworth, his girlfriend was played by Leslie Woods, Jan Minor, and others. John Gibson played Ethelbert, and Jackson Beck was the police inspector. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.